let me tell you what the depressing part was. Up until that time, we always kept saying, my son will have a fantastic life. Like we would do everything to make sure my son has a fantastic life. Now in this paperwork, I am writing in plain English with my own hands that my son is going to die. But at the end of the day, if, if I have to do that to find a treatment for my son, I'll do it. On Raising Rare, we are bringing you the story of a young father whose son has an ultra-rare disorder known as Sedegatian type spondial metaphysial dysplasia, or SSMD. My name is Kevin Fryert. Each episode, we will find out what is going on in the life of Sanath and his son, Raghav. We will talk about Raghav's growth and development, ongoing and upcoming research, and the challenges and adventures that raising a child with a nearly unknown condition brings. Come join us to hear the story unfold. This week on Raising Rare, we're going to be discussing an experimental medicine that Raghav started taking not too long ago. We're not going to focus too much on the experimental medicine, but rather, what were the feelings that were going through everybody as this was taking place? What was the anticipation? What anxiety did they have? What was the excitement about this first dose? And then what happened after that? To give you a better picture of this, we've also spoken to Sanat's dad, Ramesh, and he makes a few comments throughout the podcast. I hope you enjoy it. This week on Raising Rare, we are going to get a long-awaited update on the compassionate use IND for a treatment for Raghav. An IND, or Investigation of the Drug Application, is a request to the FDA to authorize giving it an experimental treatment to humans. Sanath, maybe we should remind our listeners about the Compassionate Use IND, what it's about, and how you put it together. So a Compassionate Use IND is, is, is a paperwork that we submit to the FDA asking them to approve the use of an experimental medication. The idea is if a medication is already approved and available in CVS, I could go buy one and give it to Raghav as long as his pediatrician is happy. But for, for the medication that we are, we are hoping to try, it is not approved yet, and it is currently in the process of approvals. And so we had spoken to the company late last year, around October-November timeframe, um, to, to get their buy-in and, a, and, and acceptance to give it to Raghav. And so they were happy to do that. Uh, the next step is to ask the FDA to, send, to essentially give us the approval. And that required coordinating between the hospital, a physician at the hospital, the company, and the FDA. To, to get that approval, we had to write a paperwork that I, I ended up writing it myself. The doctor reviewed that. It went through several layers of, of, of our approvals and you know, feedback loops within the hospital. And finally, we submitted the application right when COVID hit. Um, so FDA was super swamped with, uh, with all of the work that they were doing in response to COVID. And so in about three months, they got back to us. And after more logistics uh, set up, we finally got Raghav started on this experimental medication about 10 days ago. And so that's an exciting time that we eventually are able to get a treatment 
we don't know how, how effective it's going to be, but something to get Raghav started on. So tell me what happened during that three-month period when you had submitted to the FDA. Were they at least in contact with you, letting them know it's in queue or it's been delayed because of COVID? Did they, did they communicate with you at all? Um, yeah, so we, the FDA doesn't communicate directly with us. Um, so the IND is filed by the physician. So they take responsibility of uh, giving the drug to Raghav and they are the authorized uh, person that is, that is expected to file the IND. So the FDA had been in contact with my physician. They had questions around um, uh, the protocol. They had questions around the consent form. And so it had to go through several rounds of revision, even after five submissions to the FDA. So we are fortunate that the FDA was continuing to respond to us and not, not just let this sit in a vacuum. The other fortunate aspect is with an IND, according to the regulations, FDA is supposed to respond within 30 days of filing. And if they don't, then the physician has all the authority to start the medication on the, on the patient. The, uh, the understanding is that the, the condition is severe enough that patients cannot wait. And so FDA would prioritize these requests. And, and fortunately, even in the middle of COVID, they did prioritize. Uh, but I think it would have been faster if it was not for COVID. Yeah, I think it slowed everything down. But I also note that they did come back to you. And, and they were asking questions, which is the way that 30-day clock doesn't just expire without them looking at things. They, they really do try to engage with whoever's filed the IND. So it was from October until 10 days ago, so mid-July. Yeah, it's roughly nine, 10 months. Yeah, it's been a long process. That's a pretty good clip for where you started with, hey, I need to write something. There's this idea, give the permissions. I mean, you went through a lot of steps to do that. So when did you actually get the news that the FDA had said, okay? Was it early July? Yeah, it's probably, it was probably early July or late, late June or early July. We don't remember quite um, specifically, um, but our, our physician emailed us saying um, the FDA had approved it. And then they had to go through some more rounds of approval within the hospital. And apparently the hospital had to sign some paperwork with the company. Um, to get the drug dispensed to their pharmacy. So we, we thought the FDA's approval was going to be the final step in the process. But it turns out after that, there were several rounds of paperwork and in different department, departments in the hospital that had to be engaged again in the middle of COVID to move this forward. So it was not as straightforward as we thought after the FDA approval. And uh, the, the thing that uh, comes to my mind is uh, back in December, when uh, Sanat wrote the IND paperwork for the first time, I remember us sitting in uh, you know, our physician's office right across the table from him and saying, we want this to be a New Year gift for Raghav. So we thought it was all going to be quick. The IND is done. It's Christmas. We're going to file in a couple of weeks. And in the first month of the year, in January, we would have the medicine. That was our expectation. We didn't know. There's so many rounds of, you know, approvals that needed and departments that needed to approve it. It was, it was a long journey. Yeah. So what, were your, what was your response or your emotions when you got the notice from the FDA um, before you knew about the extra steps? We were super happy. I think Sanat read the email first phone. He came to us and with his usual, you know, calmness, he wasn't excited or jumping. He was like, we got the FDA, you know, approval. 
And it's me who was jumping all around saying, oh my God, we finally got it. And then there was Sanit's dad and mom uh, who were very happy as well. So we were hugging each other, clapping, saying this was a good day. And it was, it was a very, very happy moment. I was uh, very much uh, uh, kind of excited because uh, uh, the question is that with the long uh, await has come uh, the success of getting the tab of medicine. And uh, I was expecting that uh, this is, I know that this is not going to have a miraculous uh, change with the kid, but then uh, uh, we, are, we are in the right direction. I was feeling that we are in the right direction. And Sanat being himself always takes everything in the same way is like we got the approval let's just talk about the next steps so he's happy but we were the one who were jumping all around the house always the project manager always yeah as as a project manager you know that the project never is complete there's always the next step to do and the next step to do the next were you two together when when you found out or were, you said he called you on the phone or uh, we were together. Uh, we were sitting in the patio, if I remember right. It was a nice, uh, you know, summer day. Uh, so Raghav and I were sitting in the patio and then Sanat walked in from the living room and called us out uh, from the patio saying, hey, we got the approval. Oh, wonderful. I mean, it's something you work so hard for. And and as you said, Sanat, it's it's a step, but it's a there's another step after that, but it's, it's one of those things that you can say, great. So congratulations. This is a, you know, a big milestone in any drugs life, you know, filing that IND and getting the go ahead to move forward is like a moment that many people, you know, across all drugs are looking for. Yeah. We were, we were very fortunate that this drug has a target that is GPX4. For for most drugs that are repurposed, um, the target of the drug is not really the the gene. We we hope we typically hope that it, the drug works, but the signs wouldn't typically match. Um, and in this case, it's even more exciting because the target of the drug is actually GPX4, the gene specifically. So we hope we really hope that the drug works on Raga more than it worked on other other conditions. So how long was it before you actually received this this drug? That was a that was a long journey because I think the it's a it's a challenge. Once we got the FDA approval, we thought, yeah, the drug could be dispensed uh, the very next week. So I emailed the company and I said, hey, by the way, we've gotten the FDA approval. Um, we are all ready to get the drug. Uh, here is my shipping address. Here is my home address. Why don't you ship it to us? And the company was like, no, 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 hang on. The hospital needs to sign paperwork A, B, C, D, E, F then the pharmacy needs to receive our drug X days before this. And then you need to complete the baseline visit with the hospital, with the doctor and a second baseline visit. And then uh, during the visits, you sign the consent form and then receive the drug. And by the way, once you receive the drug, here's how you should administer it. And we were really anxious at that point, And we really wanted to push the hospital and the doctor to make this happen faster. But we also knew that, you know, we have uh, everything lined up to get to the drug. It's just a matter of, of, of just like moving the paperwork along. Uh, we, were, we were kind of surprised at how fast the hospital moved, just given how slow things were before filing. So this, it took about a month, at least a month, or if not more, a month and a half, before we actually got the drug in our hand. You, you mentioned you were anxious. What, what was the mood of everybody in the house during that waiting time? 
I think we, you know, anxious is the word that describes it. People are, people were, we, you know, everyone in the home, we were very excited, but at the same time, super anxious. And I personally was worried that, you know, for some reason, the company will run out of, you know, their drug inventory or whatever, and they would come back and say, hey, you know what, we don't have the drug, it's going to take six more months. So we were really worried things could even slip at that moment. So I think overall, we were excited, but kind of super worried that, you know, because we've seen so many times that things slip right before that moment. So we were unsure if we'll even get the drug. That was that, that was the um, anxiousness that we had. Uh, Ramya and I had, uh, our parents had different anxiousness. Uh actually i i i strongly believe that what will what is good will definitely happen at that time the right time okay uh, it was really a painful to wait for this medicine to come uh, but uh, i i also believed that uh, when it was the right time it will definitely happen and whatever happens is for good actually so uh, the medicine uh, possibly yeah we know that the earliest time age the child is given the medicine he can come up better he can he can catch up better for example okay so later part is difficult okay but then uh, the medicine has to work that's what is more important uh, more than the time so today, uh, even it has come a little late, but then hopefully uh, it will work for better and faster. Well, our parents were anxious um, and they were really hopeful that after we start the drug, Raga will be able to sort of stand the next day. Yeah, that was my mom. She kept saying, oh, he's, everything's going to be fine. He's going to just run around and it's all going to happen in a month. And I was this person going around and saying, don't keep your hopes high. Let's hope for the worst and let, let the best thing happen, right? So uh, all I was hoping for is that he doesn't have side effects from the drug. You know, one of the known side effects was that it could cause diarrhea. So I was just hoping that, you know, once we start the drug, that he, his GI system first accepts a drug and then we can hope for some benefits out of it. How is the drug administered? It's a capsule that we pierce and squeeze the contents into um, a little bit of formula and then administer it through the G-tube. Um, the capsule itself is huge. I don't think I can even swallow the capsule myself. <laughs> so if, when, they, when, when the company eventually gets an approval and has to go to the market, they have to find a more user-friendly capsule. <laughs> Here's one of those places where patient insight, patient feedback is important. You know, and, and it actually is a huge decision you know, how big a capsule do you make? And they are still in the research stages. So I'm sure they'll come up with something a little more uh, amenable to swallowing uh, by the time they get it to market. Um, but so you pierce it and put it into formula. Yeah. So we, we administer, uh, Raghav, Raghav takes all of his food through a G-tube um, that's connected directly to his stomach. So we administer that to the, through the G-tube. Um, the, the drug itself is like, it's like oil. So um, it, it separates out, uh, but it doesn't actually mix with the formula, but it's given with the formula just to help the stomach be a little bit at ease. Once you, you know, were getting ready to, to give it to him, you, you mentioned you were worried about side effects. Were there any other worries that maybe you guys didn't talk about or the, the things that were a little deeper than, than oh yeah, I'm, I'm anxious and I'm worried about diarrhea. Was there anything else you were worried about? And not specifically health concerns, but there were some unsaid 
you know, worries about who's going to administer the drug to him for the first time. And then once the drug is here, do we keep it in front of God, pray, and then do it? Or do we just believe science and go directly give it to him? So there were all these unsaid questions that were uh, going on in our, uh, I think, in our living room. So there was, our kitchen is mid-sized. I wouldn't say it's super huge or whatever. So the first time we were about to give him the drug, all four of us were right there inside the kitchen trying to see what happens. How are we mixing it? Who's going to give it to him? So there was this, you know, unsaid thing going on within within us. And I think Sanat was the one who administered the drug drug for the first time. Uh, So it was a fun experience. I think at the end of the day, it's a, a very emotional moment for us to to be able to help him and give him a chance this is a drug that we we'd all waited for so long we've had so much hopes pinned on the drug and so it it was a lot of there were a lot of unsaid emotions that went through the house on who's going to do what and what's going to happen to him and we kept looking at his face after we gave him the drug to see if he's uncomfortable for the next 30 minutes or one hour um, and then we kept checking his diaper to see if he pooped uh, too hard he was, he, he didn't, he didn't know that he was given a drug. Nothing changed in him. He's just being his own self, which is the best outcome. What was going through your head when you first put it into his formula? What, that, that's a big moment. We didn't know what it was going to do to Raghav. Thoughts that were, cut, that were running into our heads were, what, what, if, what if something drastically bad happens to him? It's an ex- experimental drug at the first place, right? What if something drastically bad happens? What if one of the more severe side effects drop? And, and typically, drugs are super strong in their nature. Um, so we didn't, we didn't, besides the diarrhea, what if something else happens to him? And so those were uh, all the concerns that were going in my head when I, when I, when I essentially prepared the drug to give it to him. In, in, a, in a couple of hours, it was obvious that, the, that this drug didn't um, cause him any discomfort or, or, or difficulty. And that was a big relief to us. And, and now we continue to give him for the 10 days, for the last 10 days. It's been normal. Normal so far. Have you seen any promising results yet? The, the aftermath of, of after like we started the drug, um, every time we see him now do something that was different from before, we start to wonder, oh, is it, is it the drug that's helping him? For example, he's just been trying to turn his head a tiny bit. We were wondering if that was a drug doing it, or if he's trying to move his hands a little bit more. Is this is this really the drug that's helping, or is it just simply because he's moving his hand naturally? And so every single activity that he does now, uh, we try to correlate whether this is the drug that's that's helping him or not. And um, that that is a lot of like unsaid thoughts going into our heads in 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 the background um, every day with every activity. Uh, because we really want to see something coming out of the drug. So you said he's been on it for 10 days now. Can you tell us a bit about how you're monitoring those things? What What's the data collection, that the burden that you have on this? Um, have you created some of your own um, so that you can watch this and try to get, you know, a, a feeling for, is there a trend here? Is something changing versus just saying, hey, he moved his hand. And, and not having a basis for wh- whether that, that was a drug or not. What are you doing to collect data? Yeah, so um, our, our physician did two baseline visits prior to, the, prior to starting the drug. 
and, and the baseline which is included echocardiogram, uh, a lot of blood blood work, and and just like physical exams. So every we have a protocol that we will continue doing more monitoring on him with the at the physician's office, including blood work and echocardiogram every few weeks. Um, so starting with first month, second month, and then it spaces out from there um, to four, six, and nine, I think. Uh, but we'll continue moni- monitoring him clinically. At home, we have a Google form that we that we fill out every day, and we've been doing that the last ninety days. And the Google form essentially tells us uh, the activities that he's been doing, how much time he's spending on tummy time, um, how much uh, vomiting he has per day, um, if he has constipation or not, if he's responding to sounds, um, if he's turning his head, and so on. And, and those have been very reliable indicators of uh, of changes that we have done over time. Um, for example, his um, the number of vomits he had per day went down from uh, an average of seven to an average of one or two, um, simply because we moved a medication from the night to the afternoon. And, and that changed uh, everything um, with him. And we don't really know why, and no doctors can explain why, but we have data to show that that's exactly what changed um, and caused all of this to happen. We are very excited to announce that Kevin and Sanaf will be hosting the Rare Together Watch Together event on Friday, September 18th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Rare Together Watch Together is brought to you as part of Global Genes Live Rare Patient Advocacy Unsummit in partnership with the Disorder Channel. Rare Together Watch Together will be presenting films about people in the rare disease community through a free Facebook live stream. You can find out more details about the films and how to watch at globalgenes.org slash summit hyphen agenda. We hope to see you there. How do you all get involved? So um, everybody in our household is trained to think scientifically. And we are trained to isolate all variables and look at one variable at a time and change it over. So recently, we are also trying to stop that one vomiting ha- from happening as well. And so we have a scientific method of doing one change, change at a time. Right. There was this big discussion yesterday between Sanat and his dad on how we can bring down that, you know, one vomit that he has every day. We, they came up with a bunch of ideas and said, you know, this is what we're going to try. Those conversations are really hard i'd say because you don't want to blame anyone for it you want to be respectful of everyone's ideas uh, but but as sanat said everyone in our household is now trained to think that way and they think about all the different variables not touching anything and changing just one thing so we can see if it works or not on raga and this is something that we had learned since he was a little baby we we used to change a lot of variables at the same time to tune his quality of life, uh, primarily that was around his vomiting and, and his GI symptoms. And, and we, re- we quickly realized, uh, we were hoping that the doctors would sort of guide us to figuring out what variables to control for and what for outcomes to look for. And that didn't happen. And so when we started tweaking variables and, and, and storing data in, by re- recording it into a notebook, we realized we were never able to get to, to a satisfactory outcome for us. And so... Um, after, after several months is when we really felt like we have to be scientific about it, change one variable at a time, and now we are, we are pros at it. 
So we, we, we do collect a lot of data on him. We have a very uh, objective way of, of measuring when things change. We don't take anything for face value. Um, if, if Raghav is suddenly reacting to a, a new sound, for example, we assume that that is random and that is not correlated until we see very strong, consistent correlations with that sound. And so if, when, when Raghav or if Raghav has, a, has an improvement that he can show us, and he can consistently do that for several days uh, on row without any sort of fluctuation, then that's when we'll know the drug has really helped. Um, and so far, everything that Raghav has been doing new started prior to the drug, and we have data to show that it's prior to the drug. Um, so we don't have any, um, any improvements recorded yet. When you do these scientific experiments, and you're showing something here, you're demonstrating something, which at the same time can be aggravating. So medicine works the same way. When you go to the doctor, they're going to try to change one thing and or or take one take stepwise, you know, approaches to their diagnosis or their treatments. And it takes time. So how long do you guys kind of give in between those changes and variables? At least 4 to 5 days. I think we even if it if something's not working, we still stick on to it for 4 to 5 days before we make another change. Yeah, so we, 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 we play out the timelines for all, all the changes we want to make and, and pick the one that we, we think would have the most success with him and start that, um, stick around for four to five days before we introduce another variable or, 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 or reverse it. So it's, it's a little less than a week. But roughly, and that makes sense to me, especially if you're talking about something like, like vomiting or, or something where you can see the a discomfort or something, you can, you can see a change fairly quickly. What about the side effects that you were worried about? Funny thing is we were hoping for a little bit of side effect um, on him <laughs> because he's been constipated for the last several weeks uh, and, and he's on some constipation medications. Um, and so we were hoping that the, that the side effect of diarrhea uh, would, would hopefully relieve his constipation and sort of like neutralize into a normal, normal GI bowel moment. Um, that didn't happen yet. So we were a little disappointed and we really, we were actually quite hoping for, for that. So when, um, uh, when we started Raghav on the drug, the next morning we were all like, oh, he's still not pooping. <laughs> because we were, we were all partially hoping that this drug side effect would help us um, GI system. That, that's the major side effect that is expected out of the drug. There are several side effects listed in the consent form that we had to sign um, from what the company had noticed in, in prior trials or, or from animal experiments. But those were all fairly minor side effects. One of the challenging things with this drug is it's, it's, it's high doses of fat. Um, so as I said before, it's just oil, fat. Uh, and they've made a slight tweak to a normal fat uh, to, to make it protective. Um, so high doses of fat. Um, obviously can have impact to his heart, which is why we, we are constantly monitoring his, his heart through um, EKG. So we, we're hoping uh, that, that it, it, it's, it's, it's okay for, for him to continue on this drug. And the other kids that have taken this drug haven't, at least the parents that we've spoken to, haven't talked about any sort of um, heart problems at all. Um, so that's the only more severe side effect of this drug that we're worried about. You can watch through the monitoring that you're doing through echoes and, and EKGs and things. So at least it's something there. And you, you haven't seen anything. So it, it may be that, you know, the, you're not going to see it. But what do you hope to see on the plus side here? What, 
if this drug is is doing what you're hoping it's doing, what's it going to be in six months from now, a year? What do you think those visits would be like? That's a that's a very very difficult question. Uh, I think we all of us have secret hopes, right? We want all the way from you know no vomit, zero vomits per day. That's the you know least that we can hope for. And then comes head control all the way up to Raga running around and talking like other kids do. So I think we all have hopes of different levels for this. And grandparents are the ones who are on the you know, higher side, hoping for a miracle, for this drug to be a miracle. I believe that uh, the, I say the growth uh, protein uh, will be safeguarded. Uh, because of that, uh, the child will really catch up the growth, uh, both uh, uh, cognitively as well as uh, physically, and he will be able to uh, carry out the things by himself. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, I sincerely hope that there is some improvement to his quality of life, something very noticeable. Uh, very importantly for me, if you ask me the number one and the first and the only, if you say somebody tells me that only one thing, if you ask, I will say that he has to eat by mouth, uh, swallow better without aspiration. This happens because all other external physical things can be improved by way of physical training. Okay, The aspiration thing, we cannot do anything. So if the medicine is going to help him to uh, have his food intake better without aspiration, that will be, I would say, that's done the purpose actually. I know you, you asked us a question about uh, our vacation plans or our, uh, you know, taking Raghav to Disneyland. Maybe this medicine will get us there. A real practical outcome. The most important thing is, is, is life better. That, that's, that's the one that we cannot really predict. We could um, look for what other kids have performed on this drug and, and how it's helped them. Given that this is a completely different condition, um, there is no data on, on how Raga is going to perform. So we have to really wait and see. And the challenge is how long do we wait? Um, is it going to be six months? Is it going to be one year uh, before we say, oh yeah, the drug isn't doing anything? anything as much as we hope for so stop giving it to him um and we have already started thinking about the next drug that we should we should get for ragab the next experimental medicine right started doing our research there in case if this fails or if we want to add one more to take him a step further so we've we've started looking beyond this medicine now hoping it will do what it has to yeah and i think the the uh, ultimately the, it's not possible for just one medication to completely solve all the problems and that's true with with any medication even if you take take something that is as um, common as um you know a aspirin right it's not going to solve all the problems it's going to relieve some of the symptoms and that's the same case with this medication too so we are hoping that we could stack up stack up one on top of the other that attack the problem from multiple different angles and hopefully we will get to a tipping point where we've uh, covered enough of the um, of, of the problems with the solution that, that Raga will start to see these exponential improvements in quality of life. And we're, we're already starting to see some of those improvements right now with the medication that he's already been on since uh, last September. And these are a cocktail of supplements that he's on. Um, and we've recently noticed that his, his skeletal abnormalities have improved quite significantly. So this week, earlier this week, we had a chat with our with Raghav's um, orthopedics doctor, and he said that the abnormalities that he had uh, when he was born 
are not there anymore. Um, and so that's actually a very surprising um, and astounding result to quote his word. And so he doesn't really know how that's possible because they always thought the skeletal abnormalities, especially when it's congenital, always go down. It's always a downhill and, and never get better. Um, so that's already a, a win for us. And we're we are, we are verifying that that's not a normal course of the disease and it's due to the drug, uh, the drug cocktail that he's on. But we are hopeful that if we kind of keep adding on more drugs that have different mechanisms of action and tune it, tune the cocktail to a point where all of them together could help, I think the sum could be greater than the sum of the parts. That's news about his, his, his orthopedic issues, you know, it resolving, you know, that the, the, the bones are starting to grow more normally. That is fantastic news. You know, and you called it a win, but you've actually scored a huge win here. You know, so it's less than a year since you knew what this genetic variant was, this GPX4 missense mutation. And to have started him on a treatment that may slow the, the effects of that variant within less than a year um, is, is astounding. Um, you, you deserve huge kudos and congratulations. But I'd like you to speak to other rare parents and grandparents who are fighting for their kids. Give them a snapshot of right now, what's your outlook? What's your mindset with, with the ongoing research efforts? I'll, I'll give my outlook and then Ramya will give her outlook, which is very different. So my, my outlook is I don't trust that any of this will work um, and we'll continue finding more, uh, more treatments for him. And we'll also continue finding, and we'll also continue having other kids with this condition get to treatments. I think that's, that's, that's the next, next challenge we have to deal with is, is, is if, if the skeletal improvements that we had seen on Raghav are real, then we should immediately get the other kids on the cocktail that Raghav is on because it's going to help the other kids too. So the, the, our, our challenge, our, my outlook at this point is it's great that we've, we've gotten this far. It's great that things are starting to look better, uh, but Raghav is still not sitting. Raghav is still not capable of walking by himself or even holding his head up. And, and until, until all of those happen, until we are able to send him to school and, and kick back and relax and watch Netflix at home, I think that we still have a job to do. Very good point. It's a, it is a journey and, and you've, you've gone around one of the turns now and there, there's still more paths to go. How about you, Ramya? I think this is one of you know, those things that I agree with Sanat, which very hardly happens. But I think for this question, my answer is very similar to what Sanat said. You know, we started off this journey saying there is not going to be a miracle. And I think I still stand by it. Having our hopes too high on just one medication or just one researcher to give us the answer is it's not practical. We learned that early on. So I think we will still continue to find other medications, be it, you know, repurpose an existing medication or go in for gene therapy or whatever it takes to, you know, give Raghav a good quality of life. I'm not sure if we can get him back to the way if he were born without a problem at the first place, but I'm sure we can give him a quality of life that will make him happy, achieve goals and do whatever he wishes to. Uh, so I think that's, that's our goal. And in whatever form it takes, it doesn't have to be the perfect, perfect uh, solution, but, but we are hopeful we'll get somewhere. Raising Rare is produced by Salem Oaks, empowering patients and caregivers to shape the future of medicine. 
SecureGPX4.org is dedicated to finding a treatment and cure for SSMD. You can donate to Cure GPX4 on the Raising Rare podcast page or at CureGPX4.org. You can continue to follow Raga's story next time on Raising Rare. (laughs) 